listen. Friendship. Entertainment. found I'm getting sick of the ups and downs no need to give me the run around I'm out now the beginning of this podcast me and Chris Hawk were talking about grief and uh, and death uh, that's because my grandmother, Violet, passed away uh, last week. She was 96 years old. I did an interview with her on the podcast, uh, and I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to have a conversation with her, record it, and put it out there for everyone to listen and hear how uh, wonderful of a human she was and um, the light that she always had with her when she spoke or when she talked about certain things, you know, she was, um, someone I looked up to, up to, and she was my hero and, uh, I'm going to miss her every day. I already do. But, uh, I just wanted to preface this the beginning because it, it kind of, we kind of started it as we were talking. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode and, um, I love you, Grammy Vi. But like she, she walked everywhere, right? She never had a driver's license. So and I, I mean, think, it's, a small, it's a small town, so you could get technically anywhere you want. Yeah, and you, you've been there, so you know, like, I don't know if you remember the bridge you could walk across. She would walk, like, from Peaberg to Easton, apparently all the time, to do stuff, like, back and forth. So, I mean, she she did a lot. That's a lot of walking for someone, especially her size, <clears throat> or who had a... I mean, yeah, know, she she's a very sturdy italian woman yes i I think her body going against her i I, you know like your soul like if you believe in that sort of thing your soul you know your essence has already left the body it was more about her consciousness and and who she was as an individual versus you know her body so i felt like her body does that make any sense like i feel like her body it's it's this weird fascination. When I pitched it. Yeah, it's burying people in its essence. Very weird. When you really think about it. I understand respect for the dead. But we're really preserving the body. And the body has no use anymore after the person's gone. Yeah, and my aunt put it best, you know, like, it's just bones and... And, uh, you know, what's left in there, you know, it's going to deteriorate anyway. And if you can at least have her ashes, me, my brother, my dad, and my aunt each get some, we can each have a necklace or a bracelet or something that holds it, you know? And I think that's, uh, she would want to be with us at all times. And I think that's the, um, the best way to go about it, I think, is for her to be with us. So, and I only, I don't, I honestly think it, that's what people like. If you, if someone were to see how they affected others after they pass, because you know, you die twice. You know, you die when you physically die, and then when never, when no one ever mentions your name ever again, is the two times when you die, and. You guys are remembering her by bringing her with you wherever you go or wherever you live. Yeah, and, and my dad said, you know, when they go visit his dad, they could you could bring her with you. And he thought that maybe she would like that more. You know, instead of us just going to visit her and her being alone or, uh, you know, spending all the money just to try to find a way to to get her next to their dad, um, it'd be easier if she could just travel with us to go visit him. And that was your dad's mom, correct? Yes. 
you never, I don't remember you ever talking about your grandfather. Did you ever get a chance to meet him? I never met him. He passed away when my dad was about to turn 10. So it was like a few weeks before his 10th birthday. So she basically raised him by herself. Yeah. And uh, it's it's weird, too, because my aunt was talking about, like, all the conversations she had with her dad, like, because I, I guess he had to get surgery for his, uh, I don't know if it was open heart surgery or what kind of surgery it was, but she was like, yeah, he called me. Should I get this surgery done? And um, when she moved from Peaburg, New Jersey to Georgia, it was... Uh, I guess they had a really deep discussion and I was like, you know, I've, I've never heard my dad talk about him having those discussions with his dad. But, you know, then again, he was like nine, 10 years old. So it's hard to have those discussions. And I feel like he was kind of robbed of having those discussions with his dad. But, you know, I guess he got to have those discussions with his mom. So now, you know, you've been you've been talking to us a little bit here and there while you've been up in Pennsylvania and you, you know, you've said you've, you've been the one that's kind of keeping your family together. And did you expect to be that kind of person? Um, no, I thought I would be really, uh, upset. Like I thought I would be, cause you know, when I, we would go visit her or when we were around, I was always walking next to her. I was, the one helping her get out of the car, get in the car. I was helping her. I would sit next to her whenever, wherever we went, we went to go eat or, or, you know, I was always next to her, you know, everyone else kind of went and did their own thing or, um, you know, my dad always expected me to be next to her. And so I thought my bond with her was closer and it's weird to say that cause it feels selfish, but I feel like I had a closer bond to her, so I thought I'd be more upset than I was. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I guess in a way, I, I kind of wanted to be strong emotionally for, for my dad, because I know how hard it is to, uh, you know, lose that, that parent who's been there your whole life when you didn't have your dad. So I, something I feel like might have, taken over me to be emotionally strong. I mean, he's, he's wise, you know, street smarts. And so he, he can look at it a certain way, but, um, when you have to go to the hospital at like three in the morning and, you know, your brother walks in and he's like, I can't be here. And, you know, she's laying there and your dad's playing music on his phone, trying to talk to her. Um, Cause we had our time there. We were there for like an hour, uh, with her and we just sat there cause we didn't know. I don't think any of us knew what to do when we left. My dad went back. So I gave him 10, 15 minutes. I went back to get him because he, and, and let me tell you, that's, uh, that's tough to see, you know, cause he's, he's trying to play music that she liked and talk to her. And, um, he, what do you do? You know, what do you say to somebody like that? You got to let them grieve in their own way. But at the same time, I don't know. It's tough, you know, and, and did you get a chance to talk to her or was she not responsive? <clears throat> so when we went up there, she was not responsive. She was she was it's like how I can describe it. It was she was sleeping and it looked like she was dreaming because she was still twitching and stuff. So I, I think she could hear us a little bit. but it was more along the lines like of being in a deep sleep because the nurses were talking to her like she could hear. And I took it as, Oh, well maybe she'll wake up. And you know, the nurse was like, you know, probably not. And I was like, uh, okay, so I'll just try to talk to her like this. And she would twitch, you know, her eyebrows would move like she could hear you or like she was dreaming. And so, uh, and it was weird because the hospital in Hartford is still very strict. I don't know how hos- how strict hospitals are here. They're still very strict. I was just in one on Thursday, and they they're very strict still. Okay, so we had to, you know we had to wear masks uh, still, and we had to go in only certain number of people at a time. So it was uh, kind of hectic. Me and my brother went up with his second oldest son, 
and I don't think it hit us there yet. You know, my brother was still talking to her, you know, telling, we were telling stories and, um, I held her hand and stuff and, and her, it it was like normal. Right. And then when we had to go back, that's when, you know, you could tell like her hands were purple, uh, cause you know, there was nothing there, right. There's nothing left. And, um, it was just, you know, my dad pretty much fell to his knees and was sitting by her. And then my brother joined him, I think to comfort him, but also my brother, I think was, uh, really upset. And that's when it really hit him. So I, I tried to, you know, keep my hands on them and, and try to ease them, you know, rubbing their backs and stuff. And then when my aunt started to cry, so I, I walked over there and asked my brother's wife to, you know, keep her hand on my brother. And then I held my aunt's hand and, it, you know, it's, it's very, uh, I don't know. I, I think my, my aunt, it sucks because my aunt's the one who's dealing with all the the financials part of it, and um, you know you want to be able to help, but there's not much any of us could really do. So I, I feel like a lot of the burden is on her too. I was just there emotionally, I guess, where she's in the thick of it. And, uh, I mean, the only thing I really did was I, I helped make the memorial video and, uh, when it's still fresh, it's, uh, kind of hard. It's definitely life, a life changing experience. It gives you a whole new mindset on life. I think when you witness that, and I don't, I wouldn't want anybody to witness that. And, you know, when asked us to remove the jewelry, I was like, I- I'm going to do this for her. You know, I'm going to do this for my grandmother and my brother's wife, which, you know, I, I don't always see eye to eye with, but I'm very appreciative that she removed her necklace for us. And I tried to remove her rings and I just, I couldn't, dude. I couldn't, like, I, I saw her hand and I was like, oh, I, I, I can't, I can't do it. So I got the nurse to do it for us. But yeah, it's definitely um, a life changing experience. I'd say that. And I, I hope. You know, obviously, we all have to go through that in life. I hope everyone is strong enough, you know, my friends and, and things like that, that they can do that. But and, like you said, and talk and talk about it too, because you can't hold this stuff in because it will eat you up. Yeah, and I, I, I guess that's why I'm being graphically open about it is because it's it is an experience. You know, when you're real close to your grandmother, and you know, I talk to her on the phone almost every day for uh 15 years and you know we lived with her for a year or two when we were younger uh she took us to sunday school when we were younger we were her only grandson so she was very close to us and it sucks when you're far apart and you're still trying to keep these people you know what i mean you're trying to keep someone in your life and who's very important to you and I just wish I could have uh, had more time with her than I actually did. You, I mean, I'm just glad that two of my best friends got to meet her, you know, and have dialogue with her like you and John. And um, she was a beautiful personality and she had a great sense of humor. And uh, I'm glad I recorded an interview with her for the podcast so people get to hear, you know, what she was like and and the type of person she was and how humbling her approach at life was. Yeah. If, if you could, I would, I would burn that onto a CD or something just to keep it physical. Cause not I many have, people, not many people have that kind of media. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, the audio on the computer, but I, I'm probably going to put on a flash drive and see if I can keep it for as long as I can, you know? And I, I would save her voicemails anytime I couldn't answer the phone and um, she'd send me a voicemail. I, I, I saved like every voicemail she's ever sent. So somewhere on my old phones, I have to somehow rip the uh, voicemails off because with Android, uh, the voicemails turn into like a audio file when you save them. It's kind of neat. 
just part of the experiment, the experience we have as human beings. It's, you know, it's, it shouldn't yeah. be like this hush hush topic. You know, it's, we all experience it. It shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't have to go through it alone. You shouldn't have to keep it deep down inside you. It sucks. But we all die. And it, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and that opens, you know, and this also opens up the dialogue you have with your, like, I asked my dad and my mom and, you know, my aunt and, and people important to me, like, what, what do you want to happen? Because uh, my aunt said it best because of how much this is costing. And she said, it doesn't matter about the money. You know, I'm already in debt. I'm going to be in debt till the day I die. So, you know, this is more about how do I help comfort my loved one in death? You know, so it doesn't matter about that. And, but she is going to try to set up the best she can for when that time comes. And I think this has opened her eyes to something like that, which I think she's doing the right thing by uh setting up each individual um trust uh you, you know um who's going to be the the person on not only the will but who the emergency contacts and uh cuz we had a really deep discussion about okay if cuz I said I want to be that person for for her and she said can you hand she was like can you handle that can you be responsible enough to if I'm on life support, can you pull the plug? Can you like, w will you have my best interest? You know, and that's a tough discussion to have with your loved ones. And I have an, like, like I said, I asked my mom and dad, like, what do you want when you die? Like, do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? My dad said, you know, if you bury me, bury me in my, I beat the Kobayashi Marie shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he goes, I want to be comfortable. And I said, well, even if I don't get to bury and it's cheaper to cremate you, I'm still going to put a t-shirt over one of your t-shirts over top of the, the uh, urn. <laughs> so he goes, sure, whatever. But he, he, you know, he was like, you and your brother, you do whatever you got to do. It's, it's up to you guys. So, you know, you, you, you have to have those conversations and though they're hard, it's, uh, I think it's a responsible one to, uh, talk about. Yeah, I don't think anyone really likes talking about their own mortality. It's definitely not a pleasant conversation, but it's it's needed because you yeah. know your your wife, your spouse, partner needs to be prepared. Your your children needs to be prepared. It's better to be prepared and have a plan than to not have a plan at all. Yeah, and and I think in in the end of this all, you know, um, in the end of this all, I think. How can I phrase that? It, I think at the end of the day, I'm just happy that I have people I can go to to talk to about it, like you and John and and uh, um, Nick and and uh, well, George. I, I have no idea. George hasn't really said much, but you know, he he did send us that picture of the casting, like a real life casting for uh, King of the Hill, and and it's, I mean that that's a pretty good casting, but at the same time, I don't know if that could work. It's, I mean, it's best as an animated show. What's up, podcast fans, Cinema 7 fans, anyone listening to this episode? I'm Mario B, and with me is Cinema 7 legend, the voice of Cinema 7, Chris Hawk. Hey, everybody. All two of you. We love you guys. Uh, but I appreciate everyone who's tuning in to this episode and will hear that and has uh, listened through it. I, I think we should get into the meat of this discussion, which we're probably going to talk a lot about DC and the things going on. And uh, we did we we dish up a little bit of life and a little bit of you know entertainment yeah, in these exactly. podcasts. It's it's life, what we friendship, always, and entertainment. It's what we've always done. It's what we've always done. So if you haven't heard the DC Warner Brothers news. Warner Brothers executives, I, I don't know who uh, most of the article titles and headlines. It's that one motherfucker CEO. I will call that call that motherfucker out. I don't want to I don't want to put his name up. He doesn't <laughs> okay. deserve it. it you're right. He doesn't deserve it. I, I didn't do the research on the executives or the new people in charge. I just saw uh, I did see a TikTok thing that stated, you know, whoever's in charge. Uh, I don't remember the name, but he's a Trump supporter, at, which isn't shocking to me because he makes millions and billions of dollars. So 
I don't know. WB is under new man new man ownership and management. Uh, what is it? WB Discovery now is what they're calling themselves. WB Discovery, and like at the end of the summer 2023, they're going to be HBO Discovery or Plus or something like that. Oh, well, that's stupid. But they stated in a press release that they're starting fresh and they want to have a plan for the DCU. DCEU moving forward, a clean slate, uh, more like what Marvel is doing or what Marvel has done. They want to protect the DC brand. So they cancel a movie that's already 90% done. We talk about Batgirl, y'all. Well, look, first off, you got Brandon Frazier up in there, who people have already rallied behind and are waiting for a Brandon Frazier renaissance. The Brandon Sons, people. Love Brandon Fraser. Okay. Yeah. Brandon Fraser is a gem. He is a cutie. He is one of the best actors all time. Bold claim. Great yeah, actor. At one and time, then, I would say he's top 100 sexiest people on the planet. Definitely on that list. Maybe one. You'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> Look. And then a woman of color was playing Batgirl, Leslie Grace. I was excited. Yeah, and I, I saw what somebody... Happened? What happened? What happened, I, I Warner Brothers? What happened? For the quote I saw was, it was like a bad TV movie. I don't know how much the average movie costs these days, right? So, but this one costs $90 million, And I believe that around... That's around the budget of each Stranger Things episode or close to it. So in a way... Eh, it's the budget of a TV movie. I just, it's crazy. The ramifications of this, because there's bigger, there's bigger things that could be happening here. And mm-hmm. one of the things I've been following some writers and screenwriters and they're, they're fucking scared shitless. Part of my French didn't mean to cuss, but this mm-hmm. could be, this could be bigger than we think. And they think that you're going to start seeing a shift because if you didn't know, actors don't get residuals from streaming services. So residuals, actors usually make a good chunk of money. Their shows on the uh, TV, cable, yada, 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 gets replayed every night. They get money. No matter uh-huh. how many times you stream a actor's movies, they don't get paid. Not really? a cent. Unless it's in their contract. Yeah, most so, actors don't see a cent. So they think- get paid. And that's it. No residuals. Do you think that anyone got paid for what they put into this movie? I would, I would hope, I think it has to do with contracts. I think, and um, remember, act, there's an acting guild union. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they negotiate all that stuff and they will probably get paid, hopefully. Yeah. Mo- most of that budget goes to actors also. So, you know, you know, like the reason why Endgame's budget is so big is because you got paid all them actors and Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like half the budget. Man, man, rich. Man, rich. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, also screenwriters, writers, everyone, they're worried about that their media. stuff could just be get canceled or right? that and media. That's not hard, hard media. Uh huh. So I don't know if you know, but Doctor Who, all mm-hmm. the old episodes they had. They ran out of tapes to record on. So they started using old episode tapes to record new episodes on. This is like a long time ago. So Uh there's episodes out there that are lost forever and they only have the audio for. That's like us. We have lost (laughs) episodes. (laughs) Lost episodes. So there's there's and there's HBO, Netflix, everyone have suddenly been deleting like originals. Um what movies? Uh, they've been deleting original movies. They've been deleting movies, um, uh, and it's harder to get these movies now unless you buy them hard media. That's crazy. So they think. Have you they, seen Outbreak? Or was it? Is it Outbreak on Netflix? That show. It's only one season. You know the Netflix special, one season, and you cancel it. It's actually really good. Matthew Broderick is like the principal, but then he's like the main villain. And it's like a zombie apocalypse. He actually captures kids and eats them. It's kind of crazy, but it's a really good 
uh, teen drama show in during like a zombie apocalypse. I would say it's like uh, it has a lot of charm to it, like an 80s movie, uh, like a Back to the Future or a Breakfast Club. But in during a zombie apocalypse. So I really dug it. But if they start doing that, like what was the other one? Jupiter, Jupiter, Jupiter's legacy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, I got to get a physical copy of that if I can. Because physical media is going to be gold soon, because if the streaming services all have the power to delete a movie whenever they want and it and you have to, like, pirate it just to watch a freaking movie. That's just no bueno. This also, Batgirl was going to have the return of Michael Keaton as Batman before The Flash, I think. Like, this was going to come out before The Flash. How are you going to do, do the Takeets? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Takeets. And I saw it, uh, this was a dumb post on some page or something I saw, but it was going off of, hey, Michael Keaton's returning as Batman for the Batgirl movie. And it only had like, 8,000 shares or whatever. And then, oh, Ben Affleck's returning for Aquaman 2, and it had like 14,000 shares. And they're like, see, uh, he wasn't profitable anyway. And I was like, that's a social media post. A, how many people who liked Batman 89 have social media from that time frame? Uh, I think people have given up on Twitter as a whole of, of that age group. And uh, let's not forget that Snyder fans also rallied uh, on social media mostly. So if they get their Batman, they're going to, of course, share something that says that their Batman's returning. So I think there's various factors involved. You can't just go off of, oh, these posts have different shares or whatever. I don't know. Stupid to me. I would have been excited for Michael Keaton Batman returning. I, I still hope they put out the Flash movie, even with the Ezra Miller shit, just because I want to see what that movie was going to be. I, I still think they should just release Batgirl. Just throw it out there. Who cares? Let us decide. Right. Because you know, this could also be a ploy to drum up more excitement for the movie. I hope it is. But it really sucks for everyone involved that Batgirl's not going to see the light of day unless someone, some hero out there, releases it to us. Hint, hint. But really, Mario, I know the answer to the Flash movie. Just um, put my face over Ezra Miller and you got a hit. <laughs> There you go. Tom Hanks as uh, The Flash. I love it. Or Clive Owen. Clive <laughs> Owen as The Flash. I love it. <laughs> you know, I used to be so mad when you'd be like, I look just like Clive Owen. I'm like, you don't look like Clive Owen at all. Look, what? I look just like the baby face Clive Owen, okay? Children of Man Clive Owen, that's me, yeah. baby. I don't know about that, but we can argue all day over that. Shazam. <laughs> I guess it's speculated that Shazam might be pushed back. Or canceled itself. I think it was pushed back to 2023, was it not? Already? It's Dude, that's so dumb, because they just showed it at Comic-Con, right? And it had a release date for this year. How, I don't know. How, how do you feel about them following the Marvel formula? Because I have an opinion, but I'll wait. I want to hear yours first. I don't think they can do it the way Marvel does, because Marvel's committed. Very committed to tying in their universe together. And if DC DC does it, and if they try to do it like they tried to do with uh, Justice League, it's just it's always going to be compared to Marvel. So what you need to do, because, you know, one thing about. All right. So so far, it looks like Shazam 2 hasn't been pushed back, but DC needs to do their own thing and just go strictly character driven movies because they have some if not the most recognizable heroes of all time and they have some of the best comic book writing and storytelling of all time superman batman writes itself yeah they are are legendary heroes most um world's strongest world's best it writes itself I think you and I talked about it when we did a the review of the first Justice League when it came out. Like that movie should have been the the be all end all for superhero team ups because I didn't know of the Avengers. I knew of the Super Friends. I knew of the Justice League. I felt like the Justice League was on a higher pedestal than the Avengers. And you're not wrong. 
until we, you know the Avengers came out, but I just felt like they they should have done that. And what if they fumble during this ten year plan? Are they going to like reevaluate everything again and then cancel shit again? And you know, like you can't do that. You got to st- you got to stick with it. You got to do it. So if they do this, I want them to stick with it. But I want them to put out everything they have in production or post production, and just then reevaluate. And like you said, they should they could just do individual character movies. They don't have to have everything all connected. Right? They they can have different Batman. They can have because of the the 50 the 52 universes. They can have a different this and that in each uh movie where they want to have Aquaman team up with Batman. You can have individual character movies. Uh I think their strengths are uh well the DCEU is their creative process and how open-minded they are or were with directors and, and the, the writers because Harley Quinn, I thought was fantastic. That was one of my favorite movies when of the year, when that came out, I think it was number one, uh, the Joker, you know, that's, um, I, I would say kind of had a, almost like a last Jedi split. Some people really liked it. Some people really didn't. I think majority liked it. Uh, so that was really creative. I mean, you can argue it was a taxi driver or whatever deer hunter, you know, but with the Joker, whatever. Uh, but it was still a creative process for a superhero villain movie. Uh, same with, uh, James Gunn suicide squad. That was one of the best superhero movies I've seen that year. Uh, I think you, you let these people be creative and, and do their own thing. And I think the work speaks for itself. I think being different from Marvel is the best thing you can do because you don't want to saturate the market. You don't want to have the same old, same old, uh, okay, here we go. You know, they got all these movies coming out. It's going to lead to this. I I feel like we're, our attention spans in society these days are just going to be like, Oh, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this whole superhero process. Like to be different, in my opinion, is the best course of action. 100%. And you don't want characters to have to go through nine movies just to have a, like an actual character development. You know, as we yeah. see, Tony takes them forever just till endgame. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. you want actual character depth, growth, loss. And, you can get that with DC movies. DC doesn't have to do the movie round. They can do TV. Yeah. Oh, that'd be that'd be great if they did TV instead of you know just just redo all the Justice animated Justice League episodes. Just do it live action. So there you go. That's all you gotta do. Boom. And I, what, I heard you, you mentioned something about Tony Stark evolving until Endgame. Chris Hawk, you're you're the Marvel guy. You're the MCU stain of the group. Are, are, do you actually believe that? I I think. It shouldn't take ten movies. That it took ten movies for Tony Stark to develop. I wouldn't say ten. I was exaggerating. Okay, okay. I, I see what you're I mean, saying. He, it should. It shouldn't be the end all, like Avengers movie where where characters are developed. Apparently, apparently, Blue Beetles in Jeopardy too now because they're making a Blue Beetle movie. You know his. You know who. It's not a white person playing that yeah. main role the movie's getting cut i'm seeing a pattern here and it's not mm-hmm. a pattern it's not a pattern i like yeah hint hint mr yeah. ceo don't bitch <laughs> i'm so mad just so mad if it's that reason it's this is bullshit yeah, that, yeah there was a rumor i don't know how true it is and i i, I sent the picture of the chris hawk but apparently amber heard might be in talks to play invisible woman she better not be in the movie at all. That's all I gotta say. She better be invisible that entire damn movie. <laughs> so invisible they have a different actress play the non-invisible version of I just, Invisible Woman. How tone deaf could Marvel be to do that? How tone deaf? They have so much going on. It's just such a machine. They probably don't even realize what's going on. Like Amber Heard could be going there for an audition and they just you know, I don't know. They, they have the, the machine is just running at this point. 
So I, I think it doesn't matter. There's so much content being produced or or in pre-production, you know? So who knows? Did you watch Prey? No, I have not yet. Did you? I a little I caught a little bit of it. I watched I liked the, what I've seen so far. I, I watched the first five minutes or the first minute. Yeah. The first minute was great. She started talking to Kamachi. Loved it. Yeah. It's uh I got to the uh I was in and out because I, I was on the phone for most of it, but there's a part where they're being set up as bait for the predator and she's like, He's not gonna attack us because we're bait. He doesn't go for bait. And then they're like, I don't know if we can kill it. And the guy goes, If it bleeds, then we can kill it. And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, you gotta, lo- gotta, <laughs> gotta love the callbacks. But from what I saw, I liked. I, I just have to rewatch it from start to finish. I have to sit down and stay focused. And I, I, it's doing really well. Uh, if you want to go off of Rotten Tomatoes, it's like doing really well 92%, audience score 83%. You know, if you want to go off of that. But. And everyone uh, wants a time period Predator movie now. Look, I was talking about this for a while. Vietnam War. Okay, they go into the forest to catch um, some of the Viet Cong. <laughs> you telling and me the reason why America lost the Vietnam War was because of Predator? You damn right. <laughs> well, let's not go that far, but let's say this this squad or this platoon, you know, going through the woods, and you know they're getting taken out, and because of you know the Viet Cong had those the their guerrilla warfare tactics that they did, they're thinking like, oh, what do we got to do? Blah blah blah. And it's really the predator. <laughs> Could you but, imagine the predator teaching the peacock? <laughs> oh no, he's not teaching it because I then know. they have to team up. They have to team up with one. Oh man, how cool would that be? Like they, they're like, oh, I got to team up because then it shows both sides, you know, working together. It'd be awesome. Okay, but I think I think the one that everyone wants would would be the samurai, the feudal era samurai versus predator. I guess that would explain where they got the sword in Predators. Because this one explains where they got the pistol for Predator 2. Easter eggs. Danny Glover. Yeah, Easter eggs. Uh, did you watch that Light and Magic documentary? So I watched all six episodes of it, and I would say that show is meant for you. you yeah? You're just going to be blown away how they made Star Wars, and then Empire, and then Return of the Jedi. And then when they show you how how George Lucas wanted to move to entirely digital for uh, Phantom Menace and how George is like, we can do it now. We're doing it all digital. The whole movie's digital. Really? Mm-hmm. I heard that they had to struggle. I don't know if that's in there, but that they struggled. Like movie theaters were still doing film. So they had to like fly the film. Like the way they had to transfer film to movie theaters was ridiculous. So when he started doing digital, you know, it just became super easy. Like it was like, you know, just upload it. So he he revolutionized each step of well each Star Wars generation. I feel like he revolutionized the movie industry. Oh, he definitely did it, and they definitely they, that's really every movie, every episode is really good, and it goes into depth about that. Uh, they don't really dwell on the how hard it was for them to switch to get digital, but they do tell how hard it was to convince theaters to go to digital. They do mention really? that. Yeah, they they were very resistant at first until George was like, look, I think he said Phantom Menace was on like four digital screens and then and then Attack of the Clones was on like 60 digital screens and then Revenge of the Sith was on like 600 digital screens or something like that. That's awesome. That's crazy, though. I'm going to have to check it out. I'll probably watch it tonight. Dude, you'll be hooked. You'll be like, oh, oh, dude, 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 stay oh up. physical, physical, uh, um, sets, freaking practical effects. You're like, yeah, the way they do it. You're like, they did all this shit in the seventies. Yeah. The- Cause of the, you know, my ADHD or whatever it is. Once I get hooked on something, like I'm all about it. So I'm probably going to be all about this and I'm going to stay up. I don't care. And you know, that, that has affected my relationships in the past where I just get really hooked <laughs> on something. Because then it's like, I want to watch. I'm in the zone. I'm watching this. You know, we're watching this. That's it. Me and you, we're watching this. And it's like, I never want to watch anything that I want to watch. I'm zoned in. 
they show they show a lot of beefcake george lucas it's awesome okay Ooh. george Ooh. lucas was a beefcake man almost still a be- still a beefcake there's just- another uh documentary on vice i think it's by the people who did uh the toys that made us and it, they talk about the first six episodes of star wars and it's only like six episodes i think itself but they interview uh george lucas's ex-wife which she's never done an interview before and she was like real big into editing the original trilogy and uh it's pretty cool like i've i, I listened to another podcast and they showed they let you hear clippets of it and it's pretty interesting uh she she was like oh i remember do, having a dinner with the other uh writer of the script or or person who helped co-write one of the scripts or, or review it edit edit it or whatever and he we were just there in the kitchen having wine and he was like you know george what if what if vader was luke's dad and she's like i remember that to a t and next thing you know he's writing it in so it, i don't know yeah, how true that is but they didn't have a plan for the whole trilogy yeah didn't have a t- <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't know it's interesting now when i do the podcast episodes by myself that the ones i have done i've been ending the episodes on self-care self-love it's more motivation for myself, but also in a way where I can help other people. And some of it is me, you know, reading advice off of on online therapy sites and me going off personal experience and what I go through. Uh, so I wanted to end this podcast with Chris Hawk giving us his best self-love, self-care advice or how to improve your mental health. It's always, it's always hit or miss, right? You can think you're doing something that's going to build up your mental health, but it could be doing the exact opposite. You never know what, if it's like a toxic ability or like a, a positive ability. So yeah, cause you could overwork yourself hundred percent. I think truly self-love is to just surround yourself with the most positive people you can and try to get rid of all the negative things at that moment for self love, because the negative things are going to affect how you view how your point of view, how you view the world, how you view other people. Negative things are going to change that. There's distort it. So that's why I've been trying to get rid of trying to minimize the toxic, the negative things. You know, I just, I don't watch, you know, like negative reviews anymore. I don't listen to negative things anymore. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if you ever, I never get, I don't care when I'm driving anymore, if people do dumb shit and I'm like, eh, you know, I mean, sometimes I have my moments, right, right. Driving, I mean, but, I also agree, but I agree. It's like, I'm kind of not really putting too much attention to it. I'm like, all right, I'll slow down. I'll let this person over, uh, you know, or who knows what, who knows what they're going through. They, they need to get over whatever. I'll let them over. It's, it's, uh, you shouldn't care because, you know, you got to share the road and um, there's no point in getting an argument or getting angry over something that you're going to you're not going to bring with you. You know, you're going to carry that 30 minutes home. Uh, oh, my God, they cut me off. God damn it. No, you're going to get home and you're going to want to have peace of mind, you know, that you're home and not have to worry about what what it took to get to your house. So you might as well just leave it there because we love fixating on the negative. And when you're not fixating on the negative, you can have that energy to focus on other things, you know, spending time with your friends, your family, your loved ones, or just yourself. Um, spend spend like an hour a day doing something you absolutely love. Um, for me this week, I just got out my magic cards. I haven't got out in a while. Started making a couple decks together and I was watching Modern Family with Brit. And I was I was very content. I didn't go to bed at a later time, went to bed at exactly like 10 and I woke up feeling rested. I was like, it was a good night. Didn't do shit, but it was a good night. You know, just do something you love. Comforting. Yeah. yeah very comforting. It doesn't, you know, really didn't save the world or anything. Impact on the world. You know, I didn't ruin or hurt or just diminish anything. It's just, you know, do what makes you feel happy. I think, I think people don't understand that too. Like they're like, they kind of judge others, you know, or 
in the moment, they don't see that maybe this is someone's comfort. Like I'm sure in the past, Brittany was like, oh man, why is, why is Chris doing these magic things? And, but I think it took time for her probably to realize you like puzzles, you like constructing things. You know, uh, I have a friend at work. He loves Lego sets. So he spends a lot of money on Lego sets, which I, I guess he's gotten trouble for, but that's his comfort. You know, so we, we take it for granted. We take, we, we overlook what could be someone's thing to find comfort. And I'm sure that you did the same to her. There was something that she had comfort with that you didn't like. And I've made mistakes like that before. I'm like, I don't get that. I don't understand. You don't know until you have obviously communication and understanding. You just got to let people have their stuff and you, you got to love them for who they are. And that's a little bit of what you're talking about is being positive and, and not putting too much negativity on the world because at the end of the day, is it going to affect you more? Is it going to affect them more? You know, so, uh, you know, my comfort or our comfort used to be playing Madden. Some people didn't understand that, but we, you know, we played it because we immersed <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not all the time. It's comfort because you get pretty pissed off, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's like a playing video games. Uh, you know, you putting together magic deck, uh, doing a puzzle thousand piece puzzle or someone smoking weed or who knows you know everyone has their own thing that that hobby or whatever it could be that helps them find peace of mind absolutely do it for like an hour and then go back to whatever you're doing you know hang out with your kids or after after they're asleep hang out with your loved one call a loved one you haven't called in a while you know, it's it's really, truly the connections that we make that make this life meaningful. Yeah, and if I've learned anything this week, it's to have as much time as you can with the people you love and be there for them. And uh, don't skip out on that time if you have the opportunity. Uh, definitely tell the people you love that you love them and how much they mean to you. You can't beat that. That's a wrap, baby. That's a wrap. That's Chris a wrap, Hawk, take it away with the classic, classic Chris Hawk send-off. So as always, we want to thank you guys. You know, all two of you that are listening out there. Maybe it's 1,500. <laughs> Maybe it's just... We don't know. Years. We don't know. <laughs> we don't check what if we're news. one of the most popular podcasts out there for six years? We don't know. They don't. But they don't talk. We got like a very silent fan base. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a humbling experience? <laughs> and, and like, you know the best thing is they don't they don't ha- know how to get to us anymore you yeah know? And they're like don't quit don't, don't quit. do it yeah it's like you have our social medias god damn it <laughs> <laughs> you have contact information <laughs> email go to the website cinema7.podcast.com uh you know in a multiverse we're probably the most popular podcast out there oh for sure yeah the infinite universes we're one of the most popular out there I, if we were part of the most famous podcast in the world, I would pull a Logan Paul and do everything that he does. I would be the Logan Paul of that Boxing. universe. Boxing. WWE. WWE. I'd, I'd be it. I'd be talking to Triple H today. Pornos. You know what I'm saying? I'd be having yeah. that interview with Triple H. That's what I'd be doing. Oh, yeah. Most of But we want to thank you always. <laughs> <laughs> For listening with us. And we want to thank you always for watching with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. We're doing a lot of exploring. And it's it's rewarding. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your friends. Spend time with your loved ones that you haven't seen in a long time. Call them up. You know, we live in a world where people are afraid of connections. They're afraid of getting close. Because of the eventuality, we're all going to die. But you're better to have had those connections and not have had them at all. Boom. Peace out. Trading bunches with the heart of darkness Going to blows with your fear and garden You're never going to the stripped away The thought of you has got to die to change In the morning you're going to need an answer Ain't nobody going to change the standard It's not enough to just feel the flame Gotta burn your old self away Hold on tight a little longer Work don't kill you, man
like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. You got time to duck? It's blood wash on the leaves. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Bad idea. Fucker. 